What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 7 of Brew Trails. I hope uh, this finds everybody well out there. For tonight's episode, we sat down and talked with Evan Anderson. He is a, a buddy of mine living in Flagstaff who decided that he is going to start a meadery. Uh, not meat, M-E-A-T, but mead, M-E-A-D, the delicious honey wine drink. So I got to, to hang out with him over the internet for about an hour or so. And you may have caught it online on YouTube Live. I, I live-streamed our conversation. Uh, if you'd like to listen to this in that kind of format and, and watch us talk and, and see Evan and his cool poster, drinking horn poster, uh, then you can hop onto our YouTube page, onto Dark Sky's YouTube page, and check that out. Um, it is about an hour, so I will not talk much here, but thank you for tuning in. Please, 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 as always, share Brew Trails if you enjoy it or if you know someone who would, who enjoys craft beer and outdoor adventure, and in this case, craft mead. Uh, maybe you know someone who's gluten-free and would be super stoked to hear about a meadery coming into town. Let's get right to the interview with Evan Anderson, founder of Drinking Horn Meadery. All right, cool. We are live here. Nice. And this is where like fancy music plays. Do 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 do. Welcome to the Brew Trails. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. So, uh, thank you for joining. Or no one's joined yet, but uh, maybe you'll be looking back at this later. Um, I want to try this video podcast out. And if you are listening to the podcast, just the audio. Uh, shame on you, you're not going to be able to see my very handsome, distinguished guest for tonight, Mr. Evan Anderson here. <sighs> yeah, he's picking his nose, awesome. <laughs> cool, thanks Evan, thanks for coming on the, the Brute Trails. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, oh yes, so we have um, some libations here. Uh, we've got some of Evan's mead. Oh, mine is uh, a little bit empty. I may have been pre-sampling a little bit <laughs> beforehand, but I think that's okay. <laughs> so, cheers, man. Um, first things first. Uh, why are you on this show? What is happening in your life right now uh, that you share? Well, we're, uh, my wife and I are trying to start Flagstaff's first meadery. Uh, we've always loved bees and honey, and so... Making booze is only the uh, natural next step there. And so we're hoping to uh, start fermenting within the next uh, month or so and be selling mead to Flagstaff uh, by the end of the year. That is awesome. That is, uh, I'm so stoked for you guys uh, to watch this dream come true and, and this thing come true, and Flagstaff definitely okay. is going to be stoked to have you guys um, coming on board with yet another different way of, uh, yeah, getting, uh, getting tipsy or getting fun. Um, a lot of people out there, uh, what is mead? What the heck is mead? Um, run me through, uh, I guess, the basics at least of it, um, but then maybe the step-by-step -step of, of producing it later. But what in the world is mead? So if you go by the, the federal code of regulations, mead is considered a wine. But in my own belief, I think that mead is uh, it's fermented with honey. Whereas beers are usually fermented with grains, fermented with grapes or other fruits. So mead kind of falls into its own category. It's not really a beer or a wine. It's, it's mead. And uh, it's, it's super, it's a very old, old drink. And it's, it's something that's kind of coming back into style right now. And uh, it's delicious, mostly. <laughs> cool. So it's, it's fermented honey, then. Is there anything else? Like beer has a couple ingredients. It has the, uh, the water, the barley, the hops, the yeast. Um, what, what are the main ingredients of, of mead? So what composes like a traditional mead? And there's many different styles of mead. Um, but what composes a traditional mead is just honey, yeast, and water. And so it's a very, very simple, simple drink. Um, honey does lack a lot of the uh, proteins and amino acids and things like that that some of the other 
Um, beverages have automatically sort of inherently in their ingredients. So you do have to add some nutrient when you're fermenting honey just to keep the yeast lively and, and mm. producing alcohol. So, but which but is beyond important. that, I mean, very important. But beyond that, the main ingredients are just honey, yeast, and water. Nice and simple. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you said you mentioned it's it's old. Um, you do. I do think about mead as being, you know, like an old school drink. Um, I don't know, like Vikings kind of come up in my head. Um, what's do you know much of the history of of mead um, compared to other? I think some of the earliest history of mead has probably been lost to us, unfortunately. Um, mm. They have found mead in Chinese, what was it? It was like a, a Chinese vase or whatever that was sealed off, and they found mead, and it's 7,000 years old was how oh, old that God. pottery was. Mm. So there's a, I mean, that's kind of evidence that it was around before a lot of other things. Um, if you look at sort of the evolutionary arms race that goes on in the wild, it makes sense that bees kind of created the very first yeast that we use to make any sort of alcoholic beverage because they've been this evolutionary arms race because they're storing sugar and the, uh, their main worry or one of the main worries with that is that the yeast will get into that sugary mixture that they're storing and turn it into alcohol before they get a chance to use it and eat it and so on and so forth. Huh. And so do that kind of evolutionary arms race where the bee is trying to get its honey to a state where the yeast can't get into it and start utilizing the sugars the yeast has also been in this evolutionary arms race to sort of build up its cell wall and build up its ability to basically to pass things back and forth across an increasingly hostile concentration barrier and so if you kind of look at that and and sort of think about it it makes sense that quite possibly meat is one of the very first drinks that we ever had because that being said i mean the hunter gatherers could have gone out and found a log that had been smashed open by a bear and had rain come water rainwater fall into it and stay and all you need to get fermentation going for meat is basically honey and water and you'll i mean it might not taste good but and you'll pretty much start fermenting with that so it's you know it's it's quite possible that we've we've sort of evolved with meat our whole existence so Wow. Okay. Uh, forgot to let everybody know that Evan is also um, super biology <laughs> geek, uh, just like I am. Uh, went through all the crazy classes and did a bunch of ecosystem and, and species studies. So, um, yeah. Okay. Evolutionary arms race and stuff like that. That's cool. It's one of the um, earliest, if not the earliest, forms um, because of that struggle of, of. So, are you saying that that, that then created the the alcoholic product um, sooner than the other beverages did? Is that? Uh, I think so because it, it made the ease of it a lot more. It's a lot easier for us to understand when you mix honey and water together and you eventually get a booze. It's a lot easier than say the process of knowing to boil the grain to like a specific temperature to release all the sugars in a form that the yeast can eat. That takes a little more, a little more understanding and knowledge same with a wine you okay. know, knowing to crush the grapes together and put them together at a certain mixture to get them to start to ferment takes a little bit more know-how than than just honey and water thrown together and all of a sudden you got a <laughs> tasty beverage hopefully yeah yeah for sure okay yeah that makes sense so haphazardly it could have happened a lot sooner um than the others yeah. um we have a possible technical issue hold on one second we might not uh -oh. what was that I'll keep drinking. Oh. oh, we have two questions on Facebook already. That's what she was telling me. Awesome. Nice. Um, <laughs> sweet. Uh, before we get to that, um, that's awesome. It sounds like you definitely have an awesome passion. By the way, nice hat. <laughs> sweet. And a nice uh, painting in the background. That's Is it a painting or is it – what is that? It is. That's it's a, it's a painting that uh, – it's a painting that a friend of ours did for us, and uh, it's what we're going to end up, we kind of ended up using this as the basis for a lot of our, our labels that we're creating. And so you're going you're gonna to see this Damn. horn a whole lot pretty soon. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. That's, that's so cool. Someone did that and put that together for you. I love it. Have, way better have, than my... We have a lot of people helping us. Oh, oh good. Right on. Shout out to them for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say way better than my background of like a door. And then like a map. So <laughs> I, I love I need Topo to Maps. I love Topo Maps. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Ooh, tapo. That sounds like a, a food item. Go out and get mm. some tapos. Uh, anyway, so you're hungry. <laughs> nom nom or thirsty. What are we drinking? Which, uh, which one no, this is, is this? It's going this down, obviously. What's that? It's, it, it's getting, it, it just kind of disappears. I don't know what happens here. Yeah, it evaporates drank real quick. What the? <laughs> but, uh, so this is, a, this is a traditional mead. This is just honey, yeast, and water. Um, a little bit of nutrients, obviously, to help the yeast go and do their thing. But there's, there's nothing else in it. There's no preservatives. There's no tannins. There's, there's nothing but honey, yeast, water. And now that it's been fermenting for a while, it's got alcohol, too. And so <laughs> this, uh, thank goodness. And so one thing that I really like about mead is that you can use, just like you can use different grains with beer, or you can use different varieties of grapes with wine, with mead, you can use different varieties of honey. And so oh. orange blossom honey seems to be a really big, really popular honey for a lot of meaderies to be using, for a lot of meads to be made with. But uh, this one was made with a mesquite from down there in the, excuse me, down in the uh, Central Valley there in Arizona. Um, okay. It's harvested mesquite honey. And it's a real dark honey. It ends up fermenting. It takes a little longer to age out because of just some of the properties of the honey. But uh, it ends up kind of being a nice, almost smoky flavor, even though it's never been in a bottle. I do. I, I do feel like I get kind of the smokiness, and I mean, it may just be my mind, but I do. I, do you taste the mesquite? Would I be wrong to say like, because I've, I've dealt with mesquite flour. I've created my own, made pancakes and all sorts yum. of stuff with mesquite flour. Yeah, totally yum. Um, am I mistaken that I can get that taste from there? Or is that just my mind, or will it come come through uh, as a flavor I... in the honey? It's, you know, when it comes to flavors, like it's a very, they're a very personal thing. Mm. And I've heard some people say that tasting the honey in a mead would be like tasting the grapes in a wine. And like, you don't oh. want your wine to taste like grape juice. But at the same <laughs> time, like, but at the same time, I really feel like you can, like, I think you can, I think you can taste that kind of mesquitiness to it. When you get the orange blossom honey and you ferment with that, you get kind of a, it's almost a citrusy sort of overtone, sort of floral notes to it. So I think you mm. definitely pick up a lot of the flavors from whatever's in the honey. And I mean, bees, it's, it's pretty crazy because bees, especially if they're in an area where they're harvesting primarily one plant, the honeys can be markedly, markedly different. So it's something I look forward to uh, experimenting with a little bit is different types of honey and, and how they end up tasting. Because I think you could taste the mesquite and I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then, yeah, that little bit of smokiness. So that'll actually leave me. I've got a, a couple of questions. Um, we're actually getting quite a few questions. This is awesome. Everyone out there who's watching, uh, hopefully all the technical side of this is good, like the audio. Uh, if it's not, please let me know on either Facebook or Twitter. And uh, But hopefully we're coming through well. And thank you. We've got uh, 10 viewers uh, right now. So oh. this, is, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, oh yeah, the question. So going on that point, um, Amanda asks, what flavors of mead have you made in the past? Uh, which was your favorite and, and why? Um, I've made a couple of different types of traditionals. I've made uh, a lot of different like fruit mixes, varieties, uh, a pear, a pomegranate, um, a pineapple, Jeez. which came out really good. Um, my favorite, I want to try a lot of stuff with spices. It seems to be a very traditional kind of way of making mead. It used to be, I mean, mead in some cultures has actually been medicinally considered. And so they would actually mix some of the herbs that you would take that would normally be awful to take for, you know, your rheumatism or whatever it was. And you oh, mix yeah. them in with your mead and you make it a little, you know, make it help go down a little sweeter, I guess. But uh, my favorite flavor that we've come out with so far is the dry hops. And it's kind of taking a little infusion from uh, the beer aspect of things and making the wine, getting it fully completed, and then adding a whole bunch of cascade hops to it and dry hopping it. And the the flavor comes out. It's not the it's not the like bitter notes that you get out of an IPA when you're boiling those hops and you're getting those bitter tones. It's a much more like it's kind of floral and citrusy and it's it's really yummy. Nice. That's, That's awesome. my favorite. Sweet. Um, and that makes total sense if anyone out there has brewed before and knows brewing those when you dry hop or do those late hop additions yeah you're not pulling that bitterness you're pulling more of the flavor of the hop and so that's awesome so you just dumped a whole bunch of cascade in there right is what you said yeah uh, cascade hops. cascaded yep it kind of exploded out the airlock a little bit it was, uh, <laughs> it was an experience 
<laughs> nice, man. It sounds like you've been busy. You just named off a ton, like pear and pineapple and traditional and, and hopped. Um, is that something you're going to want to – you said you want to experiment, but once you start distributing, is that something you want to do is come out with a lot of different styles? Yeah, I want to come out with a bunch of different flavors. It's, it's, uh, it's not as easy as beer, and congratulations to you guys, by the way, on uh, 100 beers in your first year being open. Very impressive. <laughs> And so, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Very since much. it takes like crazy. six months to ferment and age out, it's <sighs> gonna. I'm not gonna be able to get out as many flavors as you guys did, but I'm really looking forward <laughs> to trying a whole bunch of different flavors and seeing what people really like. What is Flagstaff? What's Flagstaff's flavor? You know, I really Ooh. look forward to doing some coffees. I really look. Uh, I've had some mm. coffee meads before that have really? been delicious. Gives you an excuse to drink for breakfast. Why not? <laughs> so. Cheers to there's, that. There's, cheers. There's a, there's a lot of room to expand as far as the flavors go. That's, and I, that's I plan cool. on having a, a whole bunch of them hopefully available for, for the drinking. <laughs> so do we. So do we. Coffee meat, that's awesome. Cool. So it's so it really is a craft product. I mean, we talk about craft beer, but and, and when I thought about mead uh, before, you know, you and, and I discussed it, I would think of it as uh, simply, you know, like honey wine, and there wasn't a whole lot of variety that could happen. Or some of the varieties I was tasting weren't that different. It was just, like you said, maybe a, a slight difference in the uh, origin of the of the honey, but now you're talking about some some awesome stuff like the dry hopped, the pineapple. I do remember that was at your at your wedding, correct? Yeah, that was it was there. A little yeah. uh, carbonated, a little a little bubbly pineapple mead. Yeah, that was, was that was awesome. Um, so talking about the the different types of honey, uh, Nico Barraza, uh had a question posted on Facebook, and he was asking if you. I need to back up the video. Is getting a little crazy here. Uh, uh, Nico asked, has Evan tried, and I'm going to try to say this correctly, um, Manuka honey for mead, or, or I Monica? Have I, would, I have not. I would, I would love to, though. I, want to, I really want to get into trying different varieties. Nico yeah. will have to tell me where, where, that, where that honey comes from. Yeah, yeah, maybe he'll, maybe he'll chime in here and, and explain a little bit more what that, if that's like um, a regional type of honey, maybe um, from another continent, or maybe it's, um, yeah, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, what is... I probably what should. Is, so I'd, be, I'd love to find out. Cool. Um, sweet. What, um, what, you're obviously passionate about, about me. What is it that, that makes you passionate about it? What is it about me that, that drives you to to want to start this meadery? Oh, as I um, knock over my meat glass, don't do that. <laughs> I, I almost just kicked off my stand that my uh, camera is sitting on. So <laughs> that would have been that great. That would Um... A lot of it for me is the bees. Like a lot of people would say, oh, the brewing, you know, that's why I started getting into it was the brewing. But I really love bees. And I've always loved honey. I had bees as a little kid. My dad would, uh, he showed me how to work hives and stuff like that. Really? And uh, the bees is kind of really where it started. I mean, a huge, that's a huge part of it. A huge part of my inspiration too was, was you guys seeing Dark Sky, you know, go through it and, and take their, their dream from just an idea to something that you're actually doing. Huh. And uh, I saw you guys do that, and I, I want to do it too. Cool. So it's, I mean, it's partly that. It's, it's partly the love of bees. And uh, frankly, like bees are in such a crazy, sad state right now. If there's anything that's going to get people more interested, more engaged in, in the topic of, of our current bee situation and such, you know, it's going to be me. You got to get people to drink it, and maybe we'll all uh, <laughs> like bees a little better. I don't know. Yeah. Don't mess with don't mess with the alcohol. <laughs> yeah, don't, exactly. You, exactly. Hooked on meat, and then they'll really care about the bee. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> that's the plan. That's it's going to take away my alcohol. Oh man, oh, that's cool. Oh. That's so unique that you care about about the the origin of the of the animal. That's that's awesome. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, oh, sweet. You should like, you should care more about your grain fields, Nicholas. Care more you know, about I, I do. The barley, the barley <laughs> grain is is in a plight right now. Uh, <laughs> save the barley. Um, I hope not. Oh gosh, hope no diseases come through. We'd be well. We'd all be drinking hefeweizens, a hundred percent wheat hefeweizens. Oh, yikes! That's nothing but wheat. <laughs> yeah, you might have to add some nutrients to that one. Um, yeah. Cool. Awesome. What? So we talked about the variety. Um, in mead, and, and so that answered one of my questions. I was going to ask what you've been experimenting with. Um, 
What do you think? Are you going to come out? Well, let's talk about actually Drinking Horn. Drinking Horn as as a business. I'd, I'm really interested in knowing um, kind of the steps so far that you've taken with Drinking Horn, um, where it's at right now in the process. So uh, kind of run us through your first couple of months of getting set up with, with Drinking Horn. What were those like? Yeah, certainly. It's, uh, it's, it's, been a, it's kind of been a battle a little bit. I mean, it, it's tough with the feds. You have to get a federal license first, um, and they require you to be in a location to get they require you to be in a location to get that federal license. So I've been in the location that I'm at now for about just under a year at this point. And uh, most of that has just been needing to have a location and address to put on to all these licenses because you have to have the licenses and be building the kitchen out before you can do anything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's been a slow process. There's all together some seven licenses that I have to get put together. Um, we're, we're down to just the last couple. So that's, that's yeah. Woo! And they're going faster. The local, the the city of Flagstaff does an awesome job with really trying to help out businesses and help get things started. The uh, the state of Arizona also does a a pretty good job. The feds are some of the slowest people I've ever worked with, and it Mm. took them like 200 days to process two days worth of paperwork. But so you know, it's 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 been an ongoing battle, and there's lots of people that want to make sure that what you're doing is is safe and okay for the public and so you have to appreciate and respect that regardless of the terribly long process it puts us through mm-hmm. but uh right now we just went to city hall uh, last week and got our local approval they send it back to the state state then once they get their license i can go to the county and get the health board to inspect us and uh and then i can start fermenting finally so hopefully that's it's only a, a couple weeks away at this point after you know a couple years in the making. Oh, nice! Yeah, wow! You can see the finish line. It's there. Well, I can see the light through the end of the tunnel. There it is, right, right over there. There's the light. That's awesome. It's I'm faint. glad to hear. And then once you get, uh, what was that? <laughs> it's faint, but it's there still. Oh yes, yes. Just a just a little tiny light, just kind of shimmering through. Yeah. All right, I won't do that again. Sorry. Uh, oh, what was that noise? Hmm. Still figuring this out. Um, oh, I see what it was. Oh, it was another. Oh, it was an explanation by Nico. Okay, cool. That Excellent. just came through. Nice. Um, it is a medicinal type of honey, uh, and it is quite expensive. Um, and so he was wondering if that type of honey has been uh, <laughs> mediified. <laughs> at all. So there's a link. He even actually shared a link. Thank you, Nico. Um, and so I'll forward that on. Actually, and I'll put that on the uh, show notes as well for people to take a look at. So you can, and all the stuff we'll talk about, we'll have links to the notes. Um, so sweet. Something something more for you to, to read up on while you're waiting for your license. Well, and it, it kind of brings up a good point because there's, there's some of these plants that uh, people have been getting bees to, to harvest from and make honey from. And uh, it's one of the questions that I'm kind of curious with some of these, you know, medicinally related. They've even been doing it with, with marijuana, actually, recently. They've gotten bees to harvest and make honey for marijuana. So on some huh. of these levels with these medicinal sort of applications, like, I'm curious to see if it ferments. Does it ferment through? Because yeah. it's, I mean, you know, going through the fermentation process, there's a lot of chemical stuff going on. And that's, I would love mm-hmm. to see if, like, the, you know, the medicinal properties of that honey were able to carry through into the mead would be, that'd be awesome if they did. I'd love to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It might break down, you know, there might be enzymes at play that break down the important right. parts, the active parts of the, of the medicine, or it might stay through. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. sounds like you, you could have some research projects. More experiments. Yeah. <laughs> More experiments. Um, drinking horn. Sarah asks, what's with the name? Uh, what are the orange? Oranges? So oranges, sure. What are the oranges? But what also are the origins of, of the drinking horn name? So basically from Sarah, what's with the name? What's with the name? Well, the oh. name kind of comes from, you know, when you think of, of drinking mead generally, although it has a very, possibly very archaic origin, the, uh, when we think of drinking mead, a lot of us are thinking of going to Valhalla with our swords on our backs in the great Viking way. We're thinking of uh, sort of a Viking sort of thing. And like, when I think of mead, what I really think of is like when we used to live in a simpler time, back before we had 10,000 tax brackets that fit things fit into, back before you had all this 
legality and bureaucracy that our world is absolutely coded in today. And it, it makes me think of just a simpler time when you wouldn't drink out of some glass manufactured in China, you'd drink it out of a horn. And that was your best, <laughs> or maybe some bladder of some animal, if that was your thing, but like, but you'd be drinking it out of a horn, just nice and simple. And that's, that's kind of like our business motto is, you know, a simple drink to bring you back to the simple time. Mm. And so that's where the horn comes from is just, Trying to take us back to the simpler times when things were a little less complicated. Nice. Nice. I like that. Cool. Hopefully that answers that question. Thank you for the so, question. That's good. Yeah. So you would actually drink out of the horn. Would would the horn be, I don't know, maybe you don't know this or not, but like was it a specific type of animal? Was it like a bull? Was it an oxen? Was it a well, I'm not too sure. The horn the horn we use for ours is kind of a it's kind of a bull horn. But I you know, I'd like to get like some sort of oryx horn or something personally. Something like long and swirly. With a nice a lot of depth to it. Did you say a long orc? swirly? An oryx. Oh, an oryx. Oryx. Oh, oh. Get my microphone in there. Oryx. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I think you said it right. I think I just didn't know what an oryx was. Again, you with your biology there and uh, your animal <laughs> physiology. One of them African ones with the crazy swizzly horns that are like three foot long. That's what oh, I want to make. Swizzly. See, about. if you would have said the one with the swizzly horns, I would have totally understood oh. what you're saying. Swizzling. I should have known. Should have known. Speaking of swizzling, I, I like how uh, how the mead's going down for sure. Um, and I'm not drinking it out of a horn. I'm drinking it out of a glass. But I do have an algae of it right here as well. So I'm going to <laughs> back to a little bit more of a, a simpler time on that one. Uh, booze is an algae. It's good. Yeah. Anytime you booze and I know. <laughs> um, Let's go back to another question. One more question here um, for you. Sure. Uh, where to go? Uh, oh, so Nico, <laughs> Nico had another question. Uh, if I drink mead, will I have Viking-like strength? Also, does it allow me to to wear a sword or double-edged axe in public? So, is that something that you <laughs> automatically get to do? <laughs> it does. It does. It is true. That's oh. you automatically. It also. But it might also make you want to pillage a little bit. So you got to be kind of mm. careful, you know. You don't want yeah. to overdo it if you're eh. – you don't want to end up pillaging your neighbor's house. So don't drink no? too much mead. Okay. <laughs> well, but you, no. drink but way you too much. <laughs> <laughs> but you can carry a sword if you drink mead. All right, straight, straight I agree. from heaven. <laughs> on basis, yeah. Will it give you Viking-like strength? Well, you'll at least think you have Viking-like strength. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am so awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of beer muscles, it's uh, mead, mead strength. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Cool. <laughs> what do you call yourself? What... So I was wondering this a little bit the other day. Um, like, I'm a brewer because uh, I brew beer. Um, you make mead. Are you also a brewer, or do you know if there's any other specialty term it... for that? So they, uh, I've done a little looking around because pe people have asked me before what to, what to call myself. and uh, <laughs> They've given you plenty of suggestions, dumb. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's been a few. And uh, I, the thing that I find a lot is Mazer, M-A-Z-E-R. Mm. And it's, I'm not too sure where the origin of that word is or why it comes up. I've never seen it backed up by any information that says where that comes from. Um, mm. That uh, I like that I'm a, uh, I forgot the word that I used earlier, a zymergist. Oh, Someone yeah. Who, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm into zymergy. I'm yeah, zymerging. Okay. Explain that to the, to the people listening. Uh, a zymergist is uh, somebody who studies fermentation and the process thereof, and which entails. So, I mean, brewers, vintners, and whatever I am all kind of <laughs> fall into the zymergist category. But uh, I guess, I guess Mazer is what it is. But then comes the question of, am I mazing then when I'm, you know, if you're a brewer, you're brewing. If you're a, a vintner, I don't know what vintners do. I guess they're just making wine. Maybe that's all I'm doing. I'm just making mead. Yeah. We'll come up with the verb for it. I figure once, you know, I'll, I'll come up with the verb for it. Yeah. Yeah. And if not, you can, you can just make one up for sure too. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that I want to be called a mead baron. You know, if oh. you're a brewer, oh. I want to be a mead baron. Oh. Uh, it might be, I might be getting a little high and mighty, but it could be because I've been drinking too much mesquite mead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Well, Mr. Baron, <laughs> um, you've... Uh... Oh, nice. I like this question a lot. So uh, you have quite the fondness for 90s hip-hop, which I do as well. Uh, so does all of Dark Sky, me and Ryan. Um, so I was wondering... And I've heard you freestyle a little bit. We've actually even had some <laughs> sessions, uh, possibly a video coming out sometime in the near future. Um, but is there? Uh, are we going to see any of that '90s hip hop influence in in any of your meads, be them names or or anything like that? And I'm not trying to push yeah. an agenda on you and tell you you should totally make a mead with like a <laughs> most deaf theme or something like that. But <laughs> well. Pretty much all of the mead gets a, uh, a rigorous uh, vibration from all of the 90s hip-hop as they ferment because of listening to uh, music while I'm making mead. So they oh, all, yeah, I yeah. think, pick up a little bit of that 90s hip-hop taste, you know? Okay. They, uh, they show up in there. I'm, I'm actually trying to stay away from naming my... I would love to name my meads. I've been coming up with so many delightfully <laughs> punny names. I love puns, and so I've got terrible, terrible puns for a lot of meads. But part of me, and wanting to keep with the keeping it simple, wants to not name them all these fancy, fruity things. Mm -hmm. And when I have a pomegranate mead, I will name it pomegranate mead. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, I, I, like, I, I like keeping it simple. I like keeping it simple. I love that. I really like that. And actually, I'd, I'd definitely rather see that for sure. Um, keeping it classy. Keep it a classy. Yeah. As classy as this lowbrow dude gets. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> well, look at you. You're starting with a really nice poster or uh, painting. Or, so. I know. That's, I'm, I'm trying to jazz me up a notch. And this doing it. Working. Yeah. Cool. So you, you said it's taking a little bit longer, which I think everybody needs to understand. You know, the brewery <laughs> took uh, – it's almost like, what, what day do you think it's going to be? Okay, add, you know, nine months to that. Um, but as far as, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but are you are you at least um, are you happy where you are? Are you are you raring to go? Like like the day you get the license, are you ready to to put the ingredients together and start this thing? I'm ready. I I've got ingredients. I've got a fermenter sitting in there. I got a nice uh, 128 gallon basically fermenter because uh, it's a 3.5 barrel. But uh, nice. They, they add in 25% headspace because it's made. It's a barrel made by you beer guys, and so it's, <laughs> they add in a little headspace to clear it up. So I can use that headspace for making more booze. Oh, and yeah. uh, I'm, so I'm raring to go. You don't need that headspace. You don't get that that crazy fermentation um, bubbling out of every little nook and cranny that we get. You don't get that. No, 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 no goo coming out the top. Usually nothing. It's a uh, mead's kind of mellow. That's it's a. Uh, it's a patience game. That's good. Because I can imagine, like, ours is sticky enough, but if you get honey <laughs> out of those blow-off tubes in the tops, oof, I'll just start over with a new fermenter, just throw that one away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to using the big equipment and moving up from my little, you know, eight-gallon guys up into the hundred-gallon guys, and it's going to be a sticky mess. It's definitely going to be a sticky mess. Yeah, just gotta get used to it. I guess I don't. Yeah. I do not deal well with sticky. If I sit and sap or get sap on me, I'm like I turn into oh, like I a three-year-old. I'm like, ah, get off now, now. I just ah, I hate it. If you ever want to torture me, you just like put sap or honey on me, and I just ah, Ooh. stick it right to you. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm I'm gonna get a mopping robot for the metery because I can't mop 1,500 square feet of flat floor that's ridiculous do they do they make <laughs> mopping robots that i'm not aware of i looked into it there there is a mopping robot out there i'm a little concerned <laughs> about the, the quality of mopping that it does yeah. but, uh, there's a mopping robot out there you get in there and the robot's just in the corner stuck to the floor like that is going to be trying to maneuver around all the fermenters it's, it's going to be confused yeah. We've thought, I've definitely thought, and I still might do it, getting one of those, uh, I don't remember what they're called, but those little robots that move around the brewery, just turn it on at night, go around and grab us. Clean the place up? Yeah, especially one that'd be fit for, for dog <coughs> hair, because we, uh, we've got a lot of dog hair 
um, <laughs> in our oh, brewery. Oh, I bet. I didn't even think about that. I bet you guys Sorry. did it with the puppy. I'm a little distracted. I did just knock over the mead. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I happen. still have more, but it was just a tiny Excellent. amount. But I did Excellent. just knock it over. Man, I, I would have just given you a whole bottle earlier. But we're... Okay. We're... Yeah, I would have just given you a whole bottle earlier, but that uh, what we were drinking is the this is the last bottle I have that's finished right now. Oh man, come on, license, hurry up so Evan can start fermenting. I know that's I got a, I got another thirty gallons of like non-commercial mead that I'm making right now, and it's 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 coming along. But uh, man, I tell you what, the stuff just never it never goes fast enough. I always drink it before I'm ready to bottle the next batch. <laughs> Well, with all the big fermenters you're getting, that that'll probably be uh, that should be pretty good. Um, should, should pick be, that right up. Should be. I don't know. We'll see. Flagstaff loves to drink, and with this new product, uh, drink. I imagine you'll be plenty busy. Um, speaking right. of which, uh, Flagstaff being able to get your product, um, and also <laughs> Sarah, also uh, Sarah Bruns asked, are you going to have a tap room? Um, or whatever the metery version of that is. Um, are you <laughs> licensed for that, uh, for a tasting room or a tap room? So it's kind of funny. I am. I have the licensing for it, but I actually, my location does not have the zoning to have a tap room. Uh, so that's going to, mm. for us to have our own tasting room is going to be a little bit down the line for us. Okay. Um, for now, we're going to be looking to sell it to, uh, basically, we're starting off small because we're, it's the, uh, small business. So we're starting off small and we'll be selling it to uh, one bar in town here in Flagstaff. Um, I'm in contact with them right now and I'll be letting people know more as it comes about, but uh, hopefully one bar and then one place where you can buy bottles. And uh, that's how we'll start off initially. And if people just gobble it up, then we'll keep expanding and keep growing. Nice. And have it, have it available everywhere. Uh, yeah, and and Dark Sky. Hopefully, someday we'll we'll find one of those elusive licenses that we can sell wine and and cider and therefore mead to um, get you in there. I love it. Oh, I on, love it. Get you on tap. So uh, look to that in the future too. So so starting out um, in the beginning, no no tap room, no tasting room, but um, distributing to at least one bar and and one uh, bottle shop. Bottle shop. Yep. Cool. Oh, awesome. Just to start um, with, it'll be small, but it's we're we're gonna be we're basically doubling production, like from from the start, we'll be doubling production every six months for about the first two to two and a half years. So oh. it'll be it'll be growing, it'll be growing fast. So hopefully, yeah, I can uh, produce enough for a flag to, yeah. to drink it all. Yeah, get ready for it. Uh, seriously, because everything I've tasted, not from just this, but you know, we've we've shared we've shared plenty of glasses of mead together, brother. Uh, <laughs> we, I, it's something that I never would have thought. I'm not a wine drinker. I just I can't do it. I can't drink wine. I've tried. And, I mean, I can drink it. I'll sit down and drink a glass of it for sure. Um, so when you first started making mead ages ago and and were giving me samples, I was super surprised. It's it does have that craft to it. It does have a drinkability. And talk a little bit about about that, there is one thing about mead that you really, you like, um, that you've mentioned before. I don't know if you understand what I'm asking you there, but. It could be, it could be a couple of things. It could be the the fact that, like, it, the buzz is just slightly different. Is that what you were going for? A little the, bit, uh, the, the after buzz as well, like, or the next, the next oh, yeah. day. The next morning. Well, that's, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what I was talking about earlier, that we've probably, you know, had mead in our lives for at least 30,000 years, possibly like there's a good chance that that's as far back as it goes for us. And so we've been kind of evolving with it. And, uh, the, the buzz is really nice. If you haven't ever just had a night drinking mead, take the mead challenge and, and just drink (laughs) mead and nothing else for a night and see how you feel that night and see how you like it. Because I mean, we understand that say whiskeys and has a different buzz than tequila has a different buzz than beer Mm -hmm. has a different buzz than, and other things, and mead is, once again, its own separate drink and has its, its own separate buzz that kind of accompanies it. And then, after the mead challenge, wake up the next morning and write on Drinking Horns page just how you feel the next day, if you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Overindulging in anything will make you feel terrible. But generally, I think it's something that because of the low number of things in it, just tiny yeast and water, that we tend to be able to digest it and process it a little bit better than some other drinks. 
Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And, and, and who doesn't? What's that? Oh, I was gonna, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have anything. Okay, good. Then I was going to talk. Because <laughs> something that I just wanted to mention, and like like you said, like usually when you think about mead, you just think of this like sickeningly sweet, cloying on the tongue kind of yep. drink. And that's that's not what we're trying to produce. We're trying to produce something that has just a drinkability to it. I don't want it to be all super sweet and sugary. I don't like things like that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's from Sour Patch Kids and then I'll eat pounds of them. But, uh, yeah, he, he will. He actually will. Go hiking with him in the Grand Canyon. He brings a gallon Ziploc bag of like Sour Patch Kids. And you're like, what are you doing? That's stupid. You get like, I don't know, a night into your backpacking trip down there and you're just like, ah, this is the best idea ever. <laughs> sugar. Sorry, what were you I saying? I love my sugar. <laughs> I love my sugar. But I don't like my drinks too sweet. And we're going to have a lot of sweet stuff too because there's some drinks that just should be sweet. And I think uh, females possibly, I don't want to generalize and hurt anybody's feelings, but like females often tend to like a little sweeter drinks. And we're, oh, we're going to definitely <laughs> cater to that too. And there should be the sweeter ones. But, you know, for uh, those of us who like to drink a nice IPA, I want to make a beer, or I want to make a mead for, for that guy as well. Hmm. Nice. I I love hearing that. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear those mm-hmm. those dry. Is do would you describe? Okay, this actually goes into Casey's question. Uh, so Casey Bauer, um, what's up, Casey? Uh, hey, Casey. He asks, uh, <laughs> what flavors describe a great mead? So I was getting ready to ask, is dry, um, is the word dry a description the same as you would say like a wine or a beer? Um, but say you're drinking a nice good mead. Actually, and then after that, act like you're drinking a bad mead. And can you give us some of those some of those descriptions? Just maybe one or two. Uh, I think a lot of it, once again, comes down to like personal preference and something. Like uh, yeah. with meads, I mean, uh, what I'm going for when I'm making my stuff is you don't want to have a whole lot of strange flavors picking up in it. You want something to be nice, smooth, and kind of crisp. And uh, I mean, but it's such a trying to describe like a particular flavor and what you want to exactly pull out of it is is a tough question, and mm. uh, I think that's what we're going for. I mean, if I was to try to describe what I'm shooting for in a good mead, it would be something that's clean and crisp. If that uh, if that makes any yeah. sense to the palate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So would 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 overly sweet be something you would you would say, or overly overly dry? Would those be descriptions at all? Uh, they could be. I wouldn't want to use them on any of my mead, but they, they could oh, yeah. be descriptions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but definitely yes. they could be. I mean, it's uh, as far as like a lot of the descriptive qualities and flavors go, as far as that regard is, like uh, wine terms are, are pretty descriptive for mead as well, as far as like dry okay. and sweet and, and things mm. like that. Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, I got to share this picture. So someone just sent a picture in. I'm going to try to screen share for my first time here. Um, let me know if you can see it here in a second. Uh, there we go. Can you can you see that uh, that shot right there? <laughs> yeah, I sure can. So yeah, so here's a, a cute little puppy dog. I actually know this puppy dog. His name is Xander. Uh, he is attentive, attentively watching our podcast right now and says Xander's that needs is stoked. That is awesome. <laughs> Oh, what an awesome! He might like mead. It. Yeah, I, I'm sure he would like mead. He's a sweet boy, so he would <laughs> like mead. All right, now hopefully we're back. I'm not looking at all of my screen stuff. So uh, nice, thanks, Sarah, for sending that picture. That is ah, that like makes my week right there. That's awesome. Okay, uh, let me just see if there's any. I think that's about it for the questions. Uh, oh, Nico uh, posted. He said, uh, "If you make mead, you are a chieftain." And he has a picture of a I like that. Uh, what I guess would be a chieftain Viking um, on there as well. I guess I could share that one too if I, I like can do that. it fast enough. Um, boom, boom. Go to screen share. Boom, boom. So here's the picture right here that he uh, he shared. So if you make mead, you are a chieftain. Look at that. That looks like you. Well, it did look I like, like you. Until, I know. Uh, I, I I shaved the cut off the hair and I trimmed up the beard, made it look did. all pretty. Yeah. Now you don't look uh, like the chieftain. Right Dang. there. I'll grow it out. So, I'll grow, give me till wintertime. By the time that the by the time meat is ready to sell, I'll look like a chieftain again. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. 
But, you I, know. Like, I like the clean cut, Evan. It's okay, but... <laughs> not bad, not bad. Nice. Um, all right, so I want to uh, now go into... Oh, actually, no, one more thing I want to do. Um, now let's do it. All right, here we go. So, Brew Trails, what we're going to do with uh, our interviewees, uh, I'm going to hit you with a couple fast, rapid-fire questions. Uh, just uh-huh. answer the top of your head. I'm still coming up with a clever name to call these. I was going to call it the 12-pack because uh, this is a – we're talking about me today, but it is a beer-based podcast, and I was going to call it 12-pack, but I got more than 12 questions here. Um, so just kind of rapid-fire questions. Um, you don't have to answer them super fast. Don't you know? Don't go crazy. But are you, are you ready for this? I'm, I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling ready. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So um, for those of you out there in just podcast land, um, I don't know. Here we go. I don't know where I was going with that. That'll be an edit point, actually, for those of you who are not listening live. <laughs> I will edit that out. All right. Here we go. Twelve pack questions. Uh, they could be about mead. They could be about beer. They could be about just completely doesn't make any sense kind of stuff. So, here we go. Uh, what is the best meal that you cook? Oh, the best meal that I cook? Probably a steak. I love to grill. Oh man, that's awesome. Damn, good answer. <laughs> uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, oh, that's tough. It is. I'm gonna really? have to go Star Trek. My father's oh. an engineer. I grew up watching the Star All right. Trek. Inter- interview's over. Sorry. All right, guys, <laughs> forget drinking horn. It's gonna be terrible. Don't want. Don't. It's don't too popular. It. Ever ever since Disney bought it. Ever since Disney bought it. Well, yes. No, not the new Star. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Classic Star Wars. Or, or Versus Star Trek? Star Trek? No. Oh, yeah. Classic Star Wars. For no, sure. We're in, I'm trying to not be in any position of, of swaying these <laughs> answers. I apologize, Star Trek. And you were about to tell, like, some sweet story about your dad or something like that. But <laughs> that just interrupted terribly. Okay. Uh, what's your go-to three-day weekend spot? If you have three days to go somewhere, uh, where's your go-to right now? Boom. Uh, preferably, if I got the time and the uh, effort to do so, I like to go up to the uh, the ferry, up to Lee's Ferry, and do a little uh, boating and camping and slay some fish. Slay some fish, yeah. You are a uh, well, trout slayer is your uh, is your name, right? Your name on some of the <laughs> Facebook and stuff like that. Or no, yeah. it's Evan B. Trout. <laughs> Evan trout B. Trout. Slayer. It should be trout slayer. Um, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know, Evan is a uh, is like an expert fisherman. He just he's like I don't know. Boom, bing, boom, bing, boom, dinner done. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. And last time, last time we were on the river, you were the one catching us dinner. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I don't like to toot my own horn, but uh, yeah, I caught dinner for us that one. <laughs> he, Nick caught dinner for a whole <laughs> bunch of us that evening. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know what was that like. Only six. I don't know. <laughs> that was a good trip. Okay, we can't talk about that trip on, on right, right. live internet. All right, uh, favorite ice cream flavor. Uh, vanilla. I'll jazz it up. Vanilla bean. Hey, ooh, <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Pandora or Spotify? Pandora. I don't even know what Spotify is. <laughs> What's your favorite, uh, like, go-to grub spot in Flagstaff if you're walking around downtown and you're like, I'm hungry, where would you go? Oh, well... It used to be my favorite little Italian place there, but uh, yeah, Il Rosso. Yeah, yeah, mm. that used to definitely be that would be my go-to, but now it's it's got to be Threes in the Trees. Oh yeah, ah, Threes in the Trees, good answer. Threes in the Trees is a mm. food truck that comes to Dark Sky, um, and there are a little other spaces uh, in town as well, and we'll have them. Rusty Augie, if you're listening, which I doubt you are. Uh, they're the owners of, of Threes in the Trees. Man, they do it right. Oh, the food's yeah, so good. And, and what I was talking to them just now in the camera is uh, get uh, get into our place. Uh, every hour we're open. Please, please. Your food is so awesome. So, yeah, good answer. Good answer. Uh, warm weather beach or snowy mountain hike? Oh, Ah, that's a tough one. It probably depends on what time of year. If you ask me in the summer, I'm going to say, I want a snowy mountain hike. You ask me in the wintertime, I'm going to be like, man, let's go to the beach. Okay, so, uh, you have a time machine and you can do either one. <laughs> I'm going to go beach because I like beach? tide pools. 
And I Down, love finding little oh, creatures. See, there's that, there, there's that biology thing again. Um, going out with uh, with your two sons too, and uh, picking on the little like they're not picking on them. Bing, bing, bing. But uh, all the little octopus. Didn't you find like crazy octopus or something last time? Yeah, last last time we were down in Mexico, we found like we'd find like a half a dozen octopus every day. They're pretty yeah. fun to play with. <laughs> cool. Um, favorite. <laughs> Oh, that was a weird <laughs> uh, Favorite scary movie of all time? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on you. All right, um, you drew a blank. That's fine. Uh, what blank. are the three... Give three great traits of bees. Three great traits of bees? Um, they can defend themselves. They'll sting you. I think that's a great trait. Like maybe not for us, but for them, it seems like a no, pretty awesome. great trait. <laughs> um, on second note to that, something I love about at least the bees that I work with is that they also calm down really quickly. So oh. they're, uh, you can mess with them and be in their hive and be taking them apart. And an hour later, you can be right up next to the hive and they're not going to care again. They're, they're nice, hmm. nice English bees, I guess. And uh, the third one, they make honey. The best part of bees. True. And also the whole pollinating plants thing. That's pretty. Ah, cool. that's four. I asked you three. Oh, you get a bonus answer. Oh, nice. I like bonuses. Um, what's the best thing that you grow? You 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 definitely are an avid. Um, you like animals. Uh, like you know all about like the tide creatures we were just talking about and all these animal facts and fish and stuff. You also um, are pretty big on the plant physiology side of things and you like growing plants as well. So uh, what is the, the best thing that you grow in your garden? Well, being that we live at uh, 7,300 feet or something right here, and uh, <laughs> I mean we have a longer growing season than uh, you up in Baderville with your 28 days. But, uh, oh, it's a little I more than 28, what is, not much. <laughs> I think one of the best things that we grow up here is probably the carrots. We get amazing carrots, and you can grow them almost all year round up here, which is wow. a, a little something I'm working on is doing the, the winter carrots. Uh, I tried Out, some wheat. Outside? to make my – yeah, outside. You can almost grow them huh. year round. I was, I was harvesting carrots in the middle of the winter this last winter. So yeah. That's just a little, a little mulch and a little tender loving care, and you can – you can keep them growing. I, I went and tilled my garden this springtime, and I found a whole head of cabbage that was growing under the mulch. Whoa! And, uh, yeah, it was pretty still, weird. That's still viable? Like, still able to be eaten? Yeah, or? still. Well, I mean, it's growing under mulch, and the mulch that I use, uh, the, the fertilizer and mulch I use is chicken poop out oh. of the chickens. So yeah. it's, uh, I didn't really want to eat it, but that's, I, yeah, I was tilling up, I tilled up the cabbage, I was tilling up carrots and stuff. It was weird. Hmm. <laughs> I can imagine okay. I can imagine you out there tilling and just like vegetables flying out and you're like, ooh, nice, ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. <laughs> Till up and there's a corn of cob. <laughs> a corn of cob. Pre roasted. Hey, good mead. <laughs> a cob <laughs> of corn, rather, flying out there. Alright, next question. Needle um, get Ad you. Advil or ibuprofen? Ibuprofen. Yeah. But I don't know why. Yeah, well, it's for some reason I, I agree. I'd be proven for sure. Uh, Wu Tang or Tribe? Oh, the Wu, of course. Yeah, for sure. I think yeah. gotta go Wu. Wu Tang, it's for the children. It's for, for the, the children. children. That's right. Uh, oh, here's a question that I'm not on here. Um, nah, never mind. Okay, it was Wu related, <laughs> but. Uh, Let's move on. RC tr a radio controlled truck or a radio controlled helicopter? <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna go truck because I can beat it up more before I break it. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, yeah. You crash the radio controlled helicopter once, it's done. One time. <laughs> Unless you've got some crazy steel blades or something like that. Um, when's the last time you saw your own blood? Uh, this morning. <laughs> Yeah, sweet. I do not. You know what's funny is like I don't doubt it whatsoever. And the reason I'm asking that is one of the questions is that you've always got something going on. You like cut yourself or did something. So um, details to share, or should we just move on? Uh, it was just uh, I was messing around with my strawberries and put a little tack in my thumb. No biggie. Oh, messing around with your strawberries? 
Yeah, I've got some. I've got some plants growing on the side of the house. I uh, ideally for the business, I would love to grow all of our own fruit, have mm. all of our own honey, you know, have all just our own bees, and uh, sort of go Rockefeller on the thing, top to bottom. But uh, I mean, I'd really. So I've got I've got my experiments going in the side yard with some plums and some strawberries and some raspberries. So I nice. think those are things that I I might be able to manage up in this crazy climate that we live in. If you can, you can manage them if you can get those sharp strawberries under control and stop cutting yourself on strawberries, right? I know they're dangerous. <laughs> they're dangerous this time of year. All right, favorite. Okay, this is specific to you, of course. Uh, you've got a crazy collection of old school original Nintendo games. So my question is, what's your favorite original Nintendo game? Battletoads. I don't even have to think about that. One. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I think primarily because if you've ever played Battletoads and you press the start button, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow! Well, ladies and gentlemen, go find Battletoads and hit the start button, which is different than I guess up, up, yeah. down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start, right? It is. Someone it is. made a beer. Someone named it. I think it may have been Eight Bit down in Phoenix, down in the valley, named a beer. No, was it them? Someone named a beer. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. That's awesome. Greatest beer name I've ever heard in my life. Terrible for a label, but greatest beer name <laughs> I've ever, ever heard of. Uh, yeah, you don't have to get that one through the TTV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do they have, like, restrictions maybe on length of, of name? Maybe, possibly. No, I, don't, I hope not. I mean, if they can let a beer name Flying Bitch go by, then they can probably let Up, Up, Down, Down. Whatever. Anyway, uh, your truck. Your truck is rhino-lined on the outside. Usually that's not <laughs> on the inside of the bed, but you've got it along the outside of your truck. Um, quick thought. Off the top of your head, what's the next item that you would like to rhino-line right now? Uh, my shoes. Just off the top of my head, my shoes. Like you put some rhino-lined shoes? boots? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Some rhino line yeah. boots? Because, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of hard on everything I own. And so some, some rhino lined boots would be the way to go, I think. Damn, I thought that would totally durable. I thought that would mess you up, but you were right on point on it. Sweet. And last <laughs> I question. I still can't think of a scary movie. Oh, that's true. I got you on that one. <laughs> last question. <laughs> Do you fold or crumple? What? It depends on what I'm doing. I think we all know what I'm asking. When you're by yourself uh, in a small room, do you fold or crumple? Are you a folder or a crumpler? I'm a crumpler. More of a crumpler. Interesting. I get like an initial fold and then a crumple. Oh. So I'm a, right. you know, mix it up. Put a the hybrid. two together to make the best of both worlds, some might say. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. All right, nice, awesome. That concludes. That's our twelve pack of questions. Uh, even though it was about fifteen or sixteen, so nice, awesome, good job on that. If we kept score, um, you like got a thousand points or whatever. So nice, half half. Oh, left me hanging. Oh, there. All right. Um, all right. So, and also from every guest, lag time uh, when we talked to at. What's that? I said lag time on the high five. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit of internet. We'll blame it on the internet. Um, so, and one other question, uh, or a couple questions for each one of the interviewees I want to do, uh, whether they're an outdoor sports athlete or someone in the brew house, I want to do a uh, one gear and one beer question. So gear for you, uh, what would be a suggestion uh, of gear, or some kind of gear that you've used so far in making mead that you either would suggest or you just can't live without? So what, what would be a gear? Oh. Recommendation. I think the thing that I probably couldn't live without the most would actually be those silly, like, 99-cent bucket lid openers from the, uh, <laughs> those things could save oh, my life. Oh, you have those? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, lucky. I never used to have those as a home brewer. I'd always, you, you like, you feel like you're going to break your nail off or, like, <laughs> you, like, end up smacking yourself in the face. So, so where do you get those? Home, I went and got mine at a home co here, so. Yeah, huh. got a nice bucket. Oh, they got the high quality ones. They're nice. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about it right now. It's good. That might good. be the greatest gear recommendation that we'll get ever. That's awesome. A plastic <laughs> opener. <laughs> um, all right, an essential piece of gear for you. Awesome. What about 
um, a mead recommendation. So I know they're they're kind of few and far between. We only have two other meaderies. We only had one for a long time, but now we have two meaderies in the state of Arizona. We do, we do. We had one for a long time, the uh, Arizona Mead Company, and then recently, um, or somewhat recently, uh, Superstition has uh, come into play down in Prescott there. Oh, so I didn't. Got those. I thought Superstition was first, and then Arizona Mead Company. So Arizona Mead Company was here first. It could be. I kind of think they were, but somebody should probably okay. double check me on that before they <laughs> take it for granted. But we've got those two in the state, and they both produce some absolutely delicious mead. Um, but my favorite that I've tried of other people's meads so far is uh, from a place called Meadaria the Rockies. That's out mm-hmm. of uh, Grand Junction or Palisades, technically, up in Colorado. And yeah. their, uh, their traditional semi-sweet is amazing. Nice. Delicious. Nice. I'll, uh, I'll link that. What was the name of it again? Meadery of the Rockies is the Meadery name. of the Rockies. I'll, uh, I'll actually give a shout out to them and, and link them to this as well. Can they? Yeah. Can you find that here in Arizona or just in Colorado? Um, I don't know that I've ever found it here in Arizona, but just in, up in Colorado for now. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Man, uh, all right, we are right at an hour, right where I wanted to, to be. This was a blast to get to yeah, sit Frank. back and drink your delicious. I'd show it again, but it's gone. Um, yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah even my, my larger one's gone. But your delicious, delicious traditional mead. Looking forward to getting some of your other varieties, and I am sending positive thoughts to get your licensing done ASAP so that Thank we can you. all start to enjoy drinking horn mead. Um, and so any, anything else, any closing thoughts for us? No, and thank, thank you for having me on the show, and I, I really appreciate it and all the support that you've given me up to this point. Nice. Awesome. And thanks for everyone who watched and uh, for so many questions. That just made it so much better. Uh, I love that. So look forward to our next episodes. Um, try to do some video podcasts and love to hear questions as well. So, uh, again, thank you, Evan, and I wish you all the luck in the world. And, uh, yeah, cheers, man. Cheers, man. You take care, bud. Peace. Well, that concludes episode number seven. Thanks again to Evan Anderson, man. You rock. Gave a great interview. Uh, educated us on Mead and his new adventure. If you want to follow him and all that he's doing, basically you can just Google Drinking Horn Meadery or you can follow his Twitter feed at Drink the Mead. And, uh, yeah, look forward to another episode, uh, part two, maybe even a part three of his crazy adventure. And, yeah, thanks again for sticking with us. Episode number seven, we're getting them out there. And, uh, stay tuned in the future. Me and Ryan are going to talk in the next episode about the 100 beers that we did in a year and, and what our first year had in store. So if you've got any questions for us for that episode, tweet them at the Brew Trails or go onto our Facebook page and leave a comment there. As always, go out and find your brew trail and cheers, guys. But I know that there's more to me than 9 to 5 and watching TV. That there's more to see than the bottom of this bottle when it's empty. Sick of believing we exist just to expire. When the truth is that we're living to inspire. Return to greatness, back to basics, fuck a day shift See through the matrix that they created To pretend you're racist, to control your wages To untie your laces, let's survive the pages And ignite the brain, and if we fail to Awaken, I guess we'll remain I'm a slave to the voice in my head To the clock on the wall To the books that we've read That we'll never recall To the time that we spent Wasting moments to doubt To the things that you said That you probably left out Stronger than before me to through the storm All the lines are drawn Learn to accept the man you are
Fire. When the truth is that we're living to inspire.